Hey everybody, Jessica and Kaya with Keto and Energetic Wellness for You. Today on the show, I have Amy Jones, who specializes in soul healing, and she has a great website called Rewild Renew. So if you are needing to get more in touch with yourself and heal some of your health conditions and, or maybe you have a history of trauma or emotional issues, I would highly consider checking out her website with Rewild and Renew to uh, transform yourself. So today we're going to talk about what she does, which is soul healing. And we're going to talk about the shamanism. I, a couple of weeks ago, I did interview her partner who is Eileen Crispell. And we spoke about shamanism then as well. So you could also listen to that podcast. So this is going to be another exciting podcast about shamanic healing. Eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast. A podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance. Teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya. Anyways, here she is, Amy. She's calling from the UK, so <laughs> we have a, what's, five-hour difference, I think? We do, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, awesome. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to get into, uh, to become a soul practitioner and soul healing and, um, you know, and, and sh- shamanic work. Yeah. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me here, Jessica. Um, So how I became to be a shamanic practitioner was purely by accident. It found me, and I think you resonate with that in your story a little bit. It kind of happened to you. I don't think we kind of live in the Western world growing up thinking I'm going to be a shamanic practitioner or I'm going to work with people's souls because I think our cultures keep that piece quite hidden from us. You know, I don't think we sort of have much of a frame of reference for this kind of work. And if we do, it might seem a little bit weird, spooky, mysterious, not the kind of thing that we aspire to necessarily. Um, But what led me to this was I kind of got to a place where I had no choice in the end. The best place to start is to give you the the short version of my story. I have two kids and my eldest was really sick, really unwell. I thought I'd lost her at one point and this was devastating to me. I walked around in this place of shock until I um, I was so desperate that I opened up to something different. That different thing for me was medical medium healing information. Now, I quickly saw some changes in our lives. Thank God, you know, like things started to change and I started to feel more empowered. Like I've got this, we can change this around. This is not going to be her future. As I got stronger in my body, I realized that I had all this trauma in my teens. I even had a near death experience in my teens. But the thing is, I'd done a really good job of keeping it down. In fact, we often see this with people with soul healing work is that sometimes we will completely forget not even having our consciousness the very difficult things that we do in in a soul healing process people can start to um remember things 
for for themselves because it's it's like a safety mechanism that we have it's too much i'm not strong enough to take that on right now but as i got stronger in my physical body this old stuff was resurfacing and i was starting to not function i was breaking down and um you know i had these two kids and i just had to be really strong for them and i had to get us all better um so I had this kind of, and I had this always, probably I would say since my near-death experience, but that was just when I was 14. So um, it's hard to know. I was still, you know, a child essentially when I had this experience. But I know definitely since then I kind of had this, what I would have called a voice in my head at the time and ignored a little bit. <laughs> it was a knowing. And I knew that I had to heal myself. Mm -hmm. I knew that I would be the only person that would really hold this boundary, or the only person at least that I knew, that, that hold firm that I didn't have to re relive my trauma in order to move through it. So I sat down, I had the Emotion Code book. The Emotion Code is a wonderful tool by a guy called Dr. Bradley Nelson. And I read this book, and it's a way of in shamanic terms, it's extraction work. It's a way of releasing trapped emotions, and, yes. you know, energetic blockages, that kind of thing. I read this book and I put my kids to bed one night and I sat down for around about an hour and I released all what I was feeling, all that was right at the surface. It was right at the surface and ready to go. And I stopped crying. I stopped breaking down. Like I felt stronger again. I didn't quite trust it. I did again the next night, but I was like, oh no, this really works. And what I realized is that I was seeing, seeing so much, seeing things that perhaps I couldn't, wouldn't have known of when I was really small and seeing things of other people's lives. I told a few people about this, close family and, and friends, and I was doing it for other people. They were like, oh, try for me. Will you give it a go with me? And I realized I was getting all this information I couldn't possibly know about people. I call it a little window into someone's life. Mm -hmm. um, so at this point, my intuition and all this sort of um, information is just landing. I don't really know what's going on. So that's when I reach out to my now business partner, Eileen yeah. Crispell, over the other side of the Atlantic, um, <laughs> because I, I could trust her. I think it's just so important that whoever you work with, with your soul, with, with anything you're gonna lay bare, you wanna really trust them. You want to know that they're going to understand you. And I'm quite uh, vigilant about that. I knew I could trust her. I knew that she was in the medical medium world. I knew that she understood my healing journey of how um, I'd healed my body and then come to this place in my life where I was now doing this deeper work. I reached out to her and she said a really poignant thing for me. It really defined how I work now. She said to me, do you know where you're getting your information from? It's dead simple. But I was like, no, I hadn't even hadn't even occurred to me. It's just all landing. So like, yeah. okay, this is where we learn to journey. This is where you meet your compassionate guides. This is where you may have an intention with how you're gaining your information. And then you can be sure it's of the light and then you're away. <laughs> so, you know, we hold these really firm um, parameters around just working with light. We don't want to work with anything that's not of the light. We don't want to work with anything that's not compassionate. So at this point, 
she gave me this um, amazing playground and a, to just explore. Oh yeah. How how um, intuition was coming to me, how I could help others. So, with regards to your question, how did I come to be a shamanic practitioner? Uh -huh. Shamanism gave me the um, the framework to work within. So, like I say, emotion code is a tool. It's like extraction work. Um, then within shamanism, you have other things. You can deal with death and dying. That is a real subject that's close to my heart, particularly because I had the near-death experience. You can deal with death and dying work. You can do soul retrieval work. And shamanism gives you this big umbrella to um, help you understand. It's really broad. So it helps you understand the way that you experience the world. And it also gives you the reins to sort of find how you work within that. So as me as a shamanic practitioner, I, I do it my way. So I work with Eileen and we completely line up on um, like the parameters around our work, what we what is important to us, working with like those kind of things and working with compassion and all of that. We have the same understanding through and through of how we want to work, but we're very different. We have people that have worked with both of us or that do work with both of us. And I think the um, shamanic teaching just helps you to really come home to who you are as a healer. So, you know, I consider myself a soul healer because, um, you know, I wouldn't call myself a shaman. I live in the UK in a normal house in suburbia. I, I, I'm a Western woman through and through, but the shamanic world has given me so much context. And I think that's such a relief in that it just helps you to understand the world because when you're this intuitive person and you get information oh, from yeah. from other ways, it, you, you, the world isn't really set up for that. So that is how I came to be a shamanic practitioner um, by simply going on my healing journey. And then when it happens to when your intuition works um, wakes up, you can't do anything to stop that. I don't think. I think it just becomes who you are. It, it does. It does. I can definitely agree with that. And and I think that just learning to journey will definitely open up your chakras and open up your energetic body and heal just learning to journey. And so do, do you agree with that? Just learning to take on these journeys that that it you know, just learning shamanism that helped to open you up to who you are, just the journey itself, <clears throat> not necessarily treating people or, or heal, you know, soul healing, whatever, but just initially that journey process. And, and I know that's what you, both you and Eileen teach your clients too, is how to journey for healing. So explain um, how just that initial part will help to open. Help open. Up. Yeah. Well, actually, I think that's really important because I think that is the first step yes. is to, yes. um, is to take that journey yourself. And exactly. so, yeah, so learning to journey can bring you to this place of strength and to this place of healing. You can't really help anybody else until you're, you know, together. Not perfect. You know, we're all working through things. We all have bumps and scrapes and we all get triggered by things. That's just being human. But you you do need to do that work first. Um, so, yeah, that's really important. And I do think that learning to journey um, 
if that's a tool that speaks to you or you know doing these things it's really just about being human i see shamanism as as about being human because it's it's remembering who we are so like i said at the beginning it's um it gives you this context for experiencing the world in a world that keeps soul pieces hidden you know so if journeying does anything for us i think it helps us to trust you know of course it gives you access to that wisdom that comes from a place of compassion but i think it helps you to trust because i work with people that could journey and they'll have this beautiful journey and they'll just go but i you know i i probably didn't see that i that probably didn't happen and i'm like yeah it did yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and and that's the thing you know you have to trust and I think when, especially when I was first learning about journeying, well, before I learned about that, I wanted to become a shamanic healer. I um, would just meditate and I'd get different images and voices talking to me and I wouldn't necessarily see them. I would perceive them and like, just hear it. And then I would reproduce the images after that. So I think a lot of people think, man, I got to see it. You know, it's got to come to me like right there. Can you explain how that it's, that's a misconception? Like you, a lot of times you use all your senses when it comes to this or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like I was saying, like I had this, what I would have called like a voice in my head. It's just a quiet knowing and you can block that out. You can. I don't know, you could drink and ignore it. That was something I used to do when I didn't want to come to terms with my trauma back, you know, before my healing journey. Like you can um, you can block and dull your senses, but it comes to you through all kinds of ways. I mean, it can be that song you put on on the radio that just speaks to you at that time. It can be that perfectly timed text message. Like this information yeah. coming to us, it doesn't have to come down like, you know, some bits, some big thing come down on a cloud and just suddenly like announce itself as I am a piece of divine information. I mean, it's really integrating that into your life. And this is the thing is that we have lived as these um, empathic people. We are these intuitive beings. It's just who we are by design. Of course, there's like a spectrum involved with that, but um, we are these intuitive beings. So it's actually very natural for us. So I think we don't trust it because we haven't, we're not in the practice of trusting that. We're like, oh, well, that couldn't, and we have these self worth issues. That couldn't happen to little old me. Like, what would I know? I can't help anybody else. Like, you know, we have to overcome all of that in order to, um, to, access this intuition and to stand in that place of um, becoming powerful again, which is what essentially me and Eileen are doing with people. Sure, sure. And I think a lot of us, you know, growing up, we're taught if we even have an image or or anything, oh, that's just your imagination. And, I, you know, I don't know, and I'm sure you in the UK, I mean, that's how it was here for me too. It's like, sure did you experience that it's just like oh just ignore that that's your imagination you you that's nothing you know and and it's, it's yeah. just not the case at all <laughs> yeah i mean my that's actually a piece that i missed out and how i became to be a shamanic practitioner my kids were having really supernatural stuff they were saying stuff and they were um they were tiny they couldn't know any other way <laughs> um and they were saying stuff, and i was like i don't understand this 
I need to understand this. But the, yeah, we I think we grow up like that. Our, um, our parents don't have the frame of reference. Like I say, I think it's been eroded over time out of our culture. And I would say deliberately, because when you're not in touch with your soul, you're less powerful. And I so I think we have to consciously become more powerful to counteract this sort of um you know this this culture of fear and control that we live in it's we want to become more powerful because the language of the soul has been just slowly taken out of our families of our cultures of our way of life yeah oh yeah it de it definitely has and um, it's it's unfortunate, like you said, I mean, because we we all have that ability. We all have the ability, the empathic skills. We just have to discover them. But I can definitely see how people's emotional baggage can sometimes cloud them. But also in the same token, it seems like trauma, which I've learned recently, can make the veil thinner, make the veil a little bit porous where you are able to travel easier can you explain that do you think like maybe your trauma has helped you be able to journey easier or see things be more psychic explain that a little bit because i've learned that recently and it's quite interesting to <laughs> yeah this is a really interesting topic so i make a distinction here in that you don't have to go through trauma in order to be um empathic powerful right. intuitive you know, these, but these things do happen to us. And by nature, because we are these amazing beings, by nature, we can take even the most difficult of situations and triumph over that and become, um, and, and you kind of take the sting out of that and it becomes your strength. You get to keep the teaching and you get to move on. So yes, some of these difficult things, whether it's trauma, whether it's going through chronic illness, whatever it might be, grief all these kinds of things they do they mold us and they shape us and when we're conscious about this and when we want when we find the right ways to heal we do become these stronger beings i mean i think we have this right when we come down here this like god-given right to to experience the struggle that is on earth it's just a part of of life because we our souls grow they grow strong it's like building muscle and we use these um testing times these challenges to grow strong against them yeah. so that's kind of how i view it does that sort of marry up with what you've been learning oh yes yes that's 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 what i've been learning how long did it take you to trust your journeys like trust that when you're going in this journey and you're perceiving or hearing or feeling or seeing whatever senses you're using, how, how long did it take you to trust that and to, to know that is what is going on? I mean, was it a year? How, how long would you say? So honestly, that I think the first journey I did, I felt like I had no reason to question it, it which I agree is unusual because i teach other people and they have to and i work with them on just coming to that place of trust i think and i do think my near-death experience had a lot to do with this um and like i say this voice kind of stayed with me since so i felt my guides yeah. all the time with me and they had really got me out of some 
pretty dangerous situations at times and steered me in the right direction. So, you know, I'd felt them. So when I journeyed, it felt a little bit like, oh, yeah, I'm home. This is it. This is the thing. This is what I needed. So it made sense to me very quickly because of this sort of like timeline I've been on. And as you know, in the shamanic world, we kind of work outside of time. However, yeah. However, um, in terms of trusting myself fully in um in terms of how I was working with people, I would when I started to work with people, I would be like, oh, what if it doesn't show up this time? What if it what if it doesn't work? What if yeah. uh you know, like do I have to do like do I have to turn uh-huh. around a few times and jump up and down and then it will work? Like, you know, it took me a little while to shake that out of my head. And that's a very human thing. Um that I think we have to deal with and I used to liken it to I used to say it's like jumping off a cliff like I'd start a session with someone and it would be like jumping off I don't know because truly you don't know where you're going to go with someone it's like it's like a little adventure in every healing session that you do and you you live in this place of trust that the next thing is going to come the next piece of wisdom is going to come and you know how to um to steer that session and it's it's a very humbling experience to to work with someone like that. But now I think it's practice of having worked with people and just I just I, I lay it all at the you know what I would say I, I give it all to God I give it all you know I give it all to the light I give it all to the universe and I'm just like okay exactly steer this session and so actually that takes the burden off of you to. Um, in terms of trusting yourself, because I am still a human and I will have those thoughts go through that will say, you can't do this today. You've been up all night with your kids. Or, you can't do this today or whatever. And and all I do is not feed that thought anymore because I have this greater trust. So, yeah, that took a little while to um, to come. But and also there's another element of that is that when you see people having results you know their lives shifting and transforming that helps you to build a sense of confidence let's say you know and and that's a a sense of trust that it's um important because i remember eileen saying to me you need to go and work with people and i was like i don't know if i can work with people yet you know i don't know if i'm ready for that so you need to go and work with people Mm -hmm. um and that is the thing that really you know shaped me as a practitioner yeah um, yeah, yesterday I, um, no, Saturday, I'm sorry, Saturday, I was in my class, I'm doing power retrieval, and I had to go and um, I had I had a, per- a lady that was struggling with self doubt. And she's wanting to see where all that's coming from. So I journeyed. And I was completely surprised on where it took me. And that was my first time I journeyed on somebody. Okay, so it was very intimidating, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to trust this. And so I, and Isis is my spirit guide. So she took me and she took me right to where I needed to be. And she took me somewhere completely unexpected, which was total validity for me. Cause I haven't thought about this person in years, but she took me to Moses's mother wow. <laughs> as the source of the problem of this person self-doubt and so um anyway I, I finished the retrieval and I ended up restoring um the power to 
this person and you know at, at the end but it was just it was so interesting because it was like if I wouldn't have trusted that or it could have easily been you know I, I just it was my trust that got me through that and so I can see where you're coming from on this you know it's just you just have to trust and you have to put it in in the universe's hands God's hands and just let it let it take you let it take you to where you need to be right yeah yeah, yeah. It's, sorry no go ahead so no, I was I was gonna say that me and Eileen we do this thing where we get a group of people and we journey together sometimes in, in some of our programs and then they get it because if you journey in a group and you all journey on the same topic someone over there has got a little piece for you and you what you saw they also saw in their journey you know like i went to a waterfall oh i went to a waterfall and i had a this bird show up and so did i and you realize i can't make this up that is when people really get it it's not in your hands exactly like my husband um we, him and i journeyed for the first time together last night he's like i want to just journey with you and it was so interesting parts of when where i went is where he went as well. He saw certain parts of my journey. So to me, that was cross validation for what I am experiencing. And so I was so happy to hear that. And not only that, you know, in my class this weekend that I took for power retrieval, I had several instances where a lot of things that I've, ex I've experienced have also, you know, the other person that was journeying for me has seen so, and that I didn't tell her that I had. So, um, you know, so it was just, it just, you're right. It's just, you, there's things that'll happen that prove it. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's really validating and really encouraging. And um, that is the piece that we have kind of lost, you know, that that's the piece that has been eroded from our culture and our society. And so getting that back together and doing that in a community. So learning shamanism in your classes and and doing this with other people this is how shamanism really lives and breathes in this space of community with other souls so it's a, it's such a powerful experience it is now people that have have some that have some sort of religious barrier with being you know shamanism how do you approach them um what is what is your technique for approaching because you know you see a lot of religious stigma with shamanic healing and and i i think it's very unfortunate and obviously it's brainwashed from organized religion and our society and it's just completely inappropriate so i mean because that that doesn't apply it's completely different things doesn't you know so how do you approach that yeah well that's a really good question because um first and foremost i'm not here to convince anybody i because as you know you can't help anybody who's not ready for your help so before i work with anybody i insist that we have just this like little chat first we need to have like this initial conversation to see if they're ready for what the kind of work i do because it's that readiness that enables the healing to take place mm. so that's one thing um and to have a complete perspective where everybody is on their path. Now, the other thing is I have um, enormous faith, like huge faith. I um, hold my own faith in such high regard. It's the you know forefront of everything I do. So for me, it's um, if people come to me 
because they have certain beliefs. Like I completely honor that and I can relate to that. Now, what I would um, say to people is, is to, uh, this sort of sense of, well, this idea of discerning when something feels right to you. And that's why I want to have an initial talk with somebody. Um, because does it feel right to you what I'm saying? Does it resonate within you? Because I think truth is a feeling in our body, especially when we, so we can be hard when people have had their boundaries so violated through life to really get that sense. But I think that soul will pull them towards something that just feels right to them. I think we have a lot of support as well that will guide us to those choices. So people will kind of end up coming to me if, um, if I am the next right step for them. But yeah, with regards to people's beliefs, so shamanism, like I say, I have the utmost respect for shamanism. It was um, a big part of my training, but I still see myself perhaps as a, as a soul healer, because I, I think that word is something that we can all agree upon, that we have these souls. I am this Western woman. I I don't live in a tribe. I'm not an indigenous person. You know, I don't think there's any indigenous peoples left in the UK. But, um, you know, it's it's about providing that context and understanding that one, like I work with light first and foremost. And so, you know, I would say I work for God. I work with light and that what we're doing is completely safe. It's it's not about sorcery. I like to make the distinction between shamanism uh, and sorcery. Yes. What I do is for the benefit of health and healing. Um, I have I I made this little phrase up of spiritual tourism. Like there's a lot that we can go into in the spiritual realm, but I like to keep a focus. Like so, when I'm working, I set the intention. I'm like, is this for? This has to be for their health and their and their healing they're um to help them and to heal them and i don't want to go down any rabbit holes so i let people know exactly how i work and that it, you know my own belief the intention that i'm holding is really about working for god that's what i see um that's good. my as my purpose in this so if that allays their reservations then we can work but if if it's not if that's not where they are on their path then that's um you know that's their journey there has been a lot of uh, uh you know that people have to have their entitlement to their own path and like i say i can't really help anyone unless they're on the same page as me and therefore open to to healing. I mean, I have people that are in all different kind of camps and I will ask, what are your words? What do you, I say, God, what do you say? Some people say the universe, some people say life. Some people are, you know, they're Hindus or they're um, like all different religions and it works for whatever. Shamanism is just that umbrella to help us with being human. Yes. I like how you put that. That, that was well put. Um, speaking of like, energies like negative energies when you encounter negative energies on a journey how i mean do you especially in the middle world how how do you typically deal with those like what do you what do you do um because go ahead well 
so this is something that I'll do a lot of with people. I think this is a big role that I can play because a lot of what I do, I like to empower people to bring the healing into their lives. This is what our Reworld Renew program is about. It's about the getting you up and good and knowing all about how to work with your soul. But what I can do for people is I can go into that stuff that might be really dark, you know, and um, so when I encounter that, I go, I kind of know that I'm going to go there. I know that it's going to come because uh, that initial chat with someone will show me there's darkness here. I'll just know there's there's darkness here and I need to go and remove that, work with that and see what's happening there. So my guides have given me um, something to collect darkness with. I know that may sound a little strange, but oh, I will um, <laughs> I will collect it uh, in in um, like a sort of container that they've given me. And sometimes we have to sort of really uh, I have to use my guides. It would depend. I'll have to use my guides to help to take that off of that person. Sometimes there's an ancestral curse or something that goes back and we're looking at removing that darkness taking it away from and then i will give it to the compassionate realm an angel or they will process it and for them to process my role is in facilitating taking that out so i would have the client be aware that that's what's happening if they're a journeyer i would have them journey along and i've had some great examples of people really seeing this removal at the same at the same time that it's happening yeah yeah um, but that's generally how i would do it sometimes there's some great things that you can do like putting on a cloak sometimes i've been swallowed up by my guide so that i'm completely um you know in this safe place but it, i i'm the way i taught um i learned sorry shamanism it was about powering up so you go into that realm and you power up and then you make sure that you're really powerful before you're dealing with that and then also it's about coming home to this truth that none of it has any power over you in your awareness and in your choosing not for that darkness not to be around you does that yes make sense oh yes. yeah so you go in already empowered and and you um tell your journey out in your journey you have an intention of I will only encounter those uh, benevolent spirits no bad sp spirits bad energies and so um yesterday I had an experience where I went into the middle world you know and you know and it, it was a new experience and when I went in um <laughs> I felt like a strong uh, negative energy presence almost to the point where my stomach went, you know, like, like, uh, like something was wrong, you know? And so my guy told me to, um, immediately like use my rattle to break up, break it up with the sound. So I did the sound and, and then I put, I lit some incense too. And then I went back into the journey. So I, I was just interested to see what, you know, for those that are journeying or those that encounter your program, whatever, what you um, recommend, but I, I like how the swallow up. Maybe that's something that you know I can ask my guide too. How they swallow you yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. And um, that we can do this when we're not in a journey as well, because sometimes we're experiencing negative energy, just you know, in our lives. Uh, exactly. I, and you can send that away. That energy, you can send that away with intention. It can't really be 
in your presence without your permission. So your awareness of it mm-hmm. is a really good thing. If you're walking around in your everyday life and you're like, oh, I feel this negative energy or I feel I had that conversation with that person and it's left me with this icky feeling, I still feel it. Mm-hmm. We feel like, oh, no, I'm so sensitive, that's a problem. But actually, that's really good awareness because because of that, you can choose to send that away. You get to have sovereignty over your whole being your whole energy so we can do that when we're not in journeys because journeying is a great way of um accessing that information but we're getting that intuition we're getting we're kind of connected all of the time it really becomes who you are so these are great tools to have in our lives yeah so explain with your program um do you do the journey i'm sure you do the journeying at first for people and then you teach them how to do it like at what point during the program do you teach them how to do it for themselves like after a few months or explain a little bit about that yeah sure so this is like a nine month program we call it a rebirthing program it's kind of split into three trimesters and journeying isn't a this is a deep self-healing program so we're actually putting together more shamanic training programs right now but this one is a self-healing program the aim of it is to empower you to go through life and weather the storms but to hold on to that peace to know how to come back to yourself this is this process is um helping you come home to yourself so we live in this world, as I you know, said earlier, we live in this world and we have so much put upon us, other people's thoughts, feelings, judgments. We go through trauma, we get these heartbreaks and wounds and, and betrayals and all these things. And this becomes us, but it's not really who we are. And this program, Rewild Renew, is about coming back to who you are. Because when something happens in our lives, we react as that person that got betrayed or we react as that child who went through grief really early on and we react from you know all these versions of ourselves that that aren't really who we are our soul is who we is who we are and we want to just get that intact and powerful so we teach people to journey in the first trimester towards the end of the first trimester but we are encourage people also to make that their own you know, to use that tool if it feels right to them. Some people journey in very different ways. Some people journey out in nature, walking around, eyes open. Like, this is about finding how you can access that information. So journeying is a wonderful tool, but what does it look like for you? The process we take people on is um, this I suppose you could say it's like peeling off those layers and rediscovering who you are. We take them through all the pieces of themselves, their body, their heart, their spirit and their soul. So we look at who they are. Then we look at um, truths that we have in the world. We look at light and dark so that people can start to recognize when they're feeling darkness around them and how to sort of step into light. We sort of give them that um, context that has been missing and those things that we don't grow up learning in school and in our families and then we look at boundaries we look at how we are in the world like how do we go out there in the world and sort of unmesh from from everybody else and disentangle ourselves from all the noise and all the you know the cultural things the family things the fear and like how do we stand outside of that and and really become powerful so 
by the end of the process, you're this really kind of strong person, like you've really come home to yourself and more equipped. And these are life skills. So it's a nine month program, but the aim is to sort of help you to go out there, bring this to your own families, bring it to your own community, bring it back into your home. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Um, how long or, or tell us a little bit about your training. Where did you tra- where did you train and how long did it take you for your so heal? Yeah. Shamanic healing. Yeah. yeah. So I trained with the foundation of shamanic studies, um, which is the same uh, place that Eileen yeah. trained in. Yeah. yeah. So what is really great about them is the founder, Michael Hanna. Mm-hmm. and how he um, just holds this really strong boundary that's really important to both me and Eileen that we're working with light, we're working with the compassionate realm and that we're working for help and healing. So that that really resonated with us. They do these great, um, great programs and they're worldwide, obviously, because here I am in the UK. And um and and they do a series of co- of programs. So if, you know, if people are interested, they have like one entry level program called the Way of the Shaman, and then they do different weekend programs, which could yeah. be on soul retrieval or death, dying, and beyond. Like I say, I really enjoy that topic. I know that sounds really morbid, but actually, it's such a beautiful topic to go into. And right. you learn all, yeah, you learn all kinds of extraction work, um, pro, uh, extraction techniques, and things like that on these various weekends, but then they also have longer programs. Um, they have a three-year study. I haven't done the three-year study. Eileen's done the three-year study. Um, and it's, that's that hasn't come up here in the UK. Everything got put on hold, obviously, with all the lockdowns. Oh, yeah. But Eileen has done that program as well with them. But they do have some two-week, um, depending on where you are, they might have a two-week intensive in certain places. So that's that's who I studied with, and they are a great school. But it sounds like you have found a really wonderful place as well that you've been studying with. Yeah, I really like where I'm studying too. Sacred Stream. They're out in um, based out of California. So um, <laughs> I just did um, an intensive power retrieval like weekend study. It was like four hours each day, and um, we did journeying, and it was it was it's been great. And they also have a depth hypnosis program, which I'm also um, gonna do. I'm doing some hypnosis uh, classes as well. I think I'm gonna do both. But it'll take me. I should be done next year. It's gonna take me about a year to do. So yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. The three years sounds a long time. I'm ready to get started, but it's you know. But I'm like I said, it's an intensive you know, they have classes like every month. And so I've already, uh, next month I'll do soul retrieval and then I'll do, um, December I'll do working with dreams, you know, similar to what you studied. It sounds yeah. very much like so, but, but yeah, there's a lot of good programs out there and, um, it, it just depends on which program you pick depends on which approach that you want to go. And, um, what I study, what I'm studying is it's applied shamanism. And I'm sure that's kind of what you did. It's not, not the tribal, you know, it's like Western woman type of <laughs> shamanism, like, like, like me, cause I'm like, like you, I'm a mom. And, and, and so that's just the way it goes with us. So, but I'm happy to do it. So, but, um, 
how one more question i just curious <laughs> because i did <clears throat> what was it three journeys yesterday and i was utterly exhausted so how many journeys do you find you can do in one day before you're just like okay i'm tapped out that's that's it right yeah that's <laughs> a good question yeah i haven't i haven't tested it to the limits i mean when i'm training we'll do journeys after journey after journey <laughs> you do so much journeying oh my goodness but the, the the thing is is you're in this really tightly held space and everyone is um like we do this powering up first so everyone drums and it's it, yes this the space is so sacred because it's like you're not pulling from your own energy and this is one thing so uh, this is another really key thing for i think how i work and say how eileen works as well um we don't want to pull from our own energy so, you know, I'm a mum. I put my kids to bed. I might be really tired, but because of my time difference, and I work with a lot of people in America and Canada, like I would do a evening slot. And sometimes I might feel tired, but it's okay. It doesn't matter because when I open space, mm. my I'm I'm good. I'm good to go. And I'm not sitting there yawning or slumped over. I'm not using my energy. So that's one thing that's really helpful is just to, and that really comes from an intention. Because opening space is about setting an intention. It, you're calling in that compassionate realm and you're trusting in that. So yeah, yeah you, could, you can do plenty of journeys in a day as long as you are not using your energy. But also it is tiring to, yes. if you're working with clients and you know, you're, being empathic you feel a lot of people's stuff you know and you can let that go because again you're not using your own energy you might feel some of it for a little time but you have to be conscious to kind of shut that down your clients don't want you walking around feeling all their stuff beyond the session and you don't want to walk around feeling all their stuff and if you have kids they'll feel that because right. kids are so sensitive so you know you've got to keep your energy clear but but yeah, I mean, we must always listen to our bodies. And that can depend on a number of things. Like as women, that can depend on where we are in our cycle because we can be really open and intuitive depending on, on those sorts of things. So yeah, if, you're, if you've done three journeys, then yeah, and your body says rest, then it's time to rest. But the other thing is just to not, um, not pull from your, your energy. So um, it, it would really depend. I, I don't have many days these days where I'm just doing three journeys back to back, like in my trainings, I I will. But the way that I'm working with people now is more about teaching other people to take that on for themselves, to journey for them. And yes, of course, I will journey for other people when that, that comes up. But sometimes I'm doing slightly different things. It's not just all um, in the journey, but holding people, is a skill holding people requires muscle holding people does take something from you as much as they say you're not putting your energy that compassion piece that you put in the compassion comes from you i believe healing takes place in the presence of compassion that compassion is yours you really care about that person you really want to see them heal um so yeah it's always good to check in with our bodies and see what they're telling us does that sort of answer your question it, it does. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's um, 
and it's important to to decompress and release that stress too you know after you're done and, and just finding different ways after journeying like maybe go hiking or um <laughs> being outside in nature I'm, I'm learning that pretty quickly too though that's 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 important to just take time out and even when i was you know i, I recently left clinical practice as a nurse practitioner in may and um, do you have those in the UK, the nurse practitioners? Is that what they call them over there? It might be different. We have slightly different terms. We just have, yeah, yeah. we have all different kinds of terms to what you guys have, but I know what you mean. Okay, good, okay. <laughs> so um, I remember I would see like, if, if I went over a certain amount of patients, like say 20 patients in a day, I would feel so tired and so exhausted and, and mental burnout. And not just because I was trying to figure out what to do. It's because I am an empath. You know, I, I could see myself in their shoes and I was treating their mental problems. I was just, even then I felt like I merged with someone. So that's why I'm wondering, is there a cap? Because that was my cap as a nurse practitioner. And so I was wondering if there's a cap as a shamanic healer or soul practitioner rather on journeys, because it's just, it's, it's just, I could, I could see uh, yesterday after my class and doing journeys, I could see that I felt, I was like, Ooh, this is similar feeling <laughs> to how I felt as a clinical practice, you know, clinical practitioner. Yeah, I love that you're bringing this up because I think so many people relate to us because we relate to this because we have so many people that come to us and just say, I'm an empath and I get really drained because so when you're this nurse practitioner and here you are, you've got 20 people in a day yeah, and these people are coming in, they're worried about themselves. So you feel that worry. They, um, they all the feelings that they're having, it can be any number of things. Yes. Yeah, you're soaking up all of that. Empaths can be like a sponge, and they can just yeah. take on so much. And this is this is why I talk about boundaries, and this is why Rewild We Knew. This is a program to really know yourself, because when you have come back to that place, it sounds so simple knowing yourself, but it isn't something that we get to experience really in this world. When you come back to that place where you really know yourself, you very quickly go. Oh, that's not mine or oh, that belongs to that person and you can let that go that's um right. another thing with empaths is that we have this disproportionate sense of responsibility we want to help other people so much because we're so aware of uh, what they are um feeling but then we have to come back to this it can almost seem unnatural to us come back to this truth that we can help people more when we are strong so we don't want to hold that stuff so yeah absolutely it can be really draining to do this really deep because it's really deep soul healing work but then like you say going out in nature restoring letting that go giving that back to nature giving it to the ground all that like stuff that you've been holding for people that experience you might have had of theirs for that short period of time and then just closing that down letting that go giving it to nature which knows how to handle that and how to deal with it, and that we don't have to carry it so yeah this is great because you know you you're listening to your body you're paying attention to it because i think as empaths we would go and go and go and we would and, and push i could yeah. I easily keep going and going and it's like no mm -mm, that's it you know i need a break i need some me time and yeah it's important 
yeah right and we have to be kind of conscious of where we're filling up from we don't want to fill up from other people nature is such a beautiful way of pulling up that energy yeah yeah, yeah. and don't fill it up with eating because i think a lot of people like to ground by eating a lot it's easy to get caught up in that isn't it like you just like yeah 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 it's and it's not truly grounding it's not um right. it's not it's it's not a, a lasting kind of grounding experience like it's not that to pull from someone else's energy everyone's always pulling from someone else's energy or oh, i've had a bad day i'm just going to go and complain to this person you know and and you're pulling from their energy and then you leave that, that person drained like we want to stop that we want to um eat yeah eat like take on what you need to take on For and sure. definitely yeah. but make those good choices because those good choices make you feel good and um yeah just be conscious of that yeah yeah very important yeah. Well, this has been so great, Amy. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait to get this published. Um, where can, I know we can find your program, Rewild Renew on Instagram, but I think you guys are on Facebook too. And yeah, so yeah, my handle is at Amy Jones Healing, Instagram and Facebook. And then I also have a website, amyjoneshealing.com. And in um, on Instagram, we are at Rewild Renew. But we're more active. I say we because I'm thinking about Eileen as well. So she's at Eileen.Brisbell. Um, we're more active on our own private pages um, since that's where most of our people are. They've been with us for a longer time. So you can find us there. And um, and we have an email address, team at EileenChrisbell.com. If anybody wants to have a more in-depth chat, they can reach us there. Okay, wonderful. I will um, definitely put that in the link. And um, yeah, so this is great. And I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Yes. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. This has been the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya. Follow the Holistic Keto Goddess on social media like Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, Visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya.